Today's show is sponsored by The Wandering Owl. TheWanderingOwl.com Imagine yourself under a starry sky, around the warm glow of the sacred fire, as your hosts, Saranth Odinson and Jim Two Snakes, talk about shamanism, animism, books, science, psychology, pop culture, and more. Welcome to a show inspired by those late-night conversations by real-life spiritual practitioners. Won't you come and join us around Grandfather Fire? Sharpen your tools. Ready your plans. The time is now for the charming of the plow. Make yourselves ready. Tend and mend. Take under your care, kith and friend. Take your time, take it slow, for the work will be there tomorrow. Be careful and judicious for rushing things. It's not the time today. Take your time and take it slow. Review all that you know. Listen to the earth, the sky, and what needs to lie, let lie. Ready your seeds. Start them now. Give them good black earth Give them good solid ground. Clean within and clean without. Take from yourselves and remove your doubt. Come together close and prepare for spring is in the air. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Around Grandfather Fire. You're listening to episode number 17. I am James Stovall, and joined tonight by my good friend and co-host, Sarenth Odinson. How are you doing tonight, Sarenth? I am really well. So Getting good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? That happens once in a while, I've heard. Rumors have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's half the battle right there. <laughs> So I, I opened the show uh, saying I'm James Stovall, but you guys are going to start noticing. You probably noticed a new graphic already. And from now on on the show openings, you're going to hear me introduce myself as Jim Two Snakes. And uh, there's a reason for that, if I could go into that for a minute. Please um, do. So it's been pointed out to me that that I have things that I should be offering to the wider community, more services that I can offer, more things that I can do for people. And the problem that we were running into is that I had my longstanding pagan community name, Two Snakes. I was going by James Stovall for quite a while. A lot of people in my personal life know me as Jim. And so we were trying to sort out um, a way that 
everything could come together in a good organic way and people could find me when they need to do things. And so that's why we've decided, uh, myself and some other friends, we've decided that I'm going to start going by the name Jim Two Snakes. And that's how I'm going to introduce myself on different episodes and how you're going to be able to find me online. And the idea is that if I use one united identity, people will be able to find me. So uh, with that, I'm, I'm encouraging people if you want to find out a little bit more about what I'm doing, I'm working with a team at a, a business called Anchor and Fox Consulting. And if you go to anchorandfoxconsulting.com forward slash Jim dash two dash snakes, and that's T-W-O, two snakes, um, you can find an entire page about myself and the things that I'm doing as I, as I kind of branch out a little bit more. And also a little essay that I put under, is this appropriation? Because I'm using the term shamanic practitioner as opposed to shaman, although there are arguments on both sides of that equation, I'm going to lay out very carefully why I'm using the term shamanic practitioner for myself. So I hope you guys would check that out. And I also have a Facebook page, uh, Jim Two Snakes, shamanic practitioner, if you do a search for Facebook and, and follow me there. So um, hello, everybody. Glad to meet you. Well, it's wonderful to meet the new you. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny, Sarah, because, you know, I've done a lot of stuff and, and this is really, it, it kind of works well with this episode tonight because this is something that really started to come to finalization while we were at convocation. And oh, so okay. this is something that, you know, I was having the final conversations with people. I was doing a lot of divination and, so that's where a lot of this genesis came from. And, you know, like I did the fire ceremony there that we've talked about and there was a lot of response. And I have a few people saying, how can I become a student of yours and what can I do to support you and that sort of thing? And I started thinking, you know, how can I offer the fire ceremony to more people? How can I get out there more? How can I help people more? And that's where a lot of this sort of stuff started to come from. And so, you know, I hate to sound like it's branding but it's branding because I have to have people be able to find me. Right. So like, where do I have people look if they want a fire ceremony for themselves? If they want to become a student, if they need help, how the hell do people find me? And I never thought I was that hard to find, but other people were saying that get, it got a little confusing because of all the various monikers I've operated on under the years. So this is my way of kind of console, consolidating it down to, to try to be found a little easier. Well, excellent. So this means that people will actually be able to find you in a unified space. And so, yeah, that's all to the good. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's if, the if idea. If they need your help and they can't find you. Yeah, right. It doesn't <laughs> help anybody at all. And what the people at Anchor and Fox are doing for me is they're helping with managing things, managing my schedule, helping me to uh, – they're doing a lot of the – the grunt work of talking to people to get things scheduled so I can focus on ritual and ritual prep and all that other sort of stuff. So just thought I'd throw that out there for the first time in this big announcement. Excellent. Thank yeah. You. So what's going on with you? Anything new? Uh, I have a newfound addiction in Stardew Valley, which having time away from work, I've been able to indulge with my wife and son. We've been able to play that together. So oh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's a really awesome little farming and life sim. So we're not fighting with each other. We're building a farm together. So hmm. <laughs> collaborating <laughs> in, in digital space on what is we're going to be doing. A couple of years I was going to say road. a game that's like prepping you for life at this point. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Yeah. And aside from that, just keeping up with um, web comics that I frequently read. I mean, I, we were talking before the show. Yeah. And uh, I, I find it really funny how you, you know, you'll put all, all these comics that you've been reading. And I'm, I'm always like, oh, I haven't been reading anything lately. Well, yeah, I have. It's just all online. Um, I've been an avid follower of Mega Tokyo since uh, pretty much it started its run 20 years ago. Uh, PVP, um, which is uh, Mega Tokyo is at megatokyo.com. PVP is pvponline.com. Um, uh, I read a couple of other comics. Uh, Miss File, which is a fun little fantasy story about uh, somebody oopsing in heaven and somebody's file getting slotted the wrong way and all the changes that come out from that. So mostly I've just been kind of keeping my head clean to the pillow when I can find the time to sleep and then just enjoying the time with the family. And it's been so rejuvenating to be oh, able that, to have that time. That's awesome. Yeah. We've yeah. been, uh, uh, I haven't read any of those web comics. I'm going to have to look into that. It's kind of funny. You're doing all the web comics reading and I'm, I've got all the stacks of physical ones at this point in time that I weren't, I know you've got a lot of physical ones as well. You I just do. haven't had a chance to get caught up with them. So, Oh, uh, my, my spider Gwen is calling to me. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up the first couple issues of the new Spider-Man run with uh, Miles Morales in it. And that's Ooh. been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Starting off on a really good note by uh, having a having him have to work with the rhino instead of against the rhino, which has been kind of interesting. And now they're throwing a little Captain America in there, too. So it's like, this is awesome. Oh, I'm going to have to check it out now. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, uh, I just picked up, uh, let me see, last week would have been the new issue of Unnatural, which is one of my favorite comics at this point in time. I love that a lot. It's a fantastic, it's just a mishmash of different themes, but it's uh, it's got a really nice story the way it's progressing. And then um, Justice League Dark, I picked up a new issue of that this week. That's nice. I I'm still digging that because they're like totally deconstructing magic in the DC universe. And it's really hard to figure out which way it's going. But at this point in time, I don't know. I think there's something of a social commentary in there because some of the, the Lords of order, which are, you know, have always been seen as forces of good in magic and DC comics are kind of on the other side of the equation now. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I think it might be a little bit of a social commentary going on. Oh, fascinating. See, okay, Dr. Fate was, was part of the Lord's Order, right? That's correct. He, yep. Okay. Yeah, and he's the only one that I've ever encountered, and I'm mostly through the, the DC's animated universe. So that's... Yeah, I'm he was, sure he was the only one I've really uh, had any sort of knowledge of, but it turns out there's several others as well. And so, um, yeah, what happens when the Lord's Order start deciding that may magic itself is too chaotic? Ooh. Yeah, see? Ooh. It's a great series. Oh, how many issues are they up to now? Uh, I think this was nine, possibly, I picked up. It's in the other room, or I'd look for you. Ooh, okay. Well, this is something I can still get out and collect then. So it's oh, not yeah, like... definitely. It's not like it's been okay. going on forever and a half. But it's still the it's the interesting team because it's uh, mm. uh, not the usual cast of characters. I, I love they've kind of thrown Wonder Woman in there as a leadership role because although she's a lot to do with magic and mythology, she has not been associated with a lot of magical titles. And as a character, it's kind of fascinating because she, by, by her very nature, her powers are magical, but she knows almost nothing about magic. 
which oh, is yeah, yeah well it makes sense though right i mean all, all of our powers come from uh, myth- mythological sources exactly exactly i don't know how it works i'm just using it yeah exactly and then so there's a uh, zatanna in there and constantine's been in there swamp thing detective chimp and man bat which is a crazy team huh yeah they put man bat in this one they put man bat in this one and it's kind of funny because he's got a uh He's got an X-Files thing going on there because, you know, he was a scientist. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. Right. So he's in there really trying to figure out some crazy science perspectives that coming at magic. And it's it's fascinating. It's funny in some of its uh, his successes and failures. Well, excellent. This is what I'm going to check out then. Yeah, it's definitely. Like right up my alley. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Excellent. A lot of fun. And then my... my uh, uh, family and I, we've been binge watching the third season for uh, of uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Or let me see, they renamed it though. It's it's just Queer Eye now, I think. But mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, third season's just out, and so we've been kind of binging that this afternoon. That's always fun. You know, our our Netflix queue's been kind of interesting. There was this uh, uh, series that uh, went into the four elements and food. And it's by the same guy who did the Omnivore's Dilemma. Oh, and really? I wish I could remember the title of it right now because hmm. I had it in my head and poof. But uh, it goes through fire and explores how um, we've used it from time memorial and how it's being used now. So it goes from an Aboriginal tribe doing concentrated burns to to for or, uh, hunt goannas, and then it goes all the way clear up to um, a multi generational pitmaster wow yeah so it it it, there's this huge breadth of exploration that he does with the the documentary and it's it's relatively quick for a four-part documentary it's like Hmm. one hour each and explores the different elements and their their respective roles and how humans picked up cooking and how we worked with it and what it means to us so it's it's real fascinating that is that sounds really cool that sounds really cool. It's amazing how food can kind of connect everything together, even at a spiritual level. Um, uh, I, I know you saw the post, but I spent yesterday up at the, the Sugar Shack at the Maple Syrup Festival. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, it was really amazing because you got this little old wood style uh, barn and a giant vat of maple sap. And, you know, you just got the maintaining the fire underneath it and the boil off and uh, the caramelization process and just giant clouds of steam like it's a sauna. And you can barely see across the room sometimes. It was like, oh, and it smelled. Sarah, I got to tell you, when you get this burning wood smoke with all the, the sweet sap and the steam and stuff, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to build one of those when we get land. Because <laughs> <laughs> just reading your description and hearing hearing you bring it up, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, one of the guys there was kind of funny. He said he's been doing it since he was 11. And uh, his first experience with it, nobody taught him. I mean, literally no one taught him. He read about it in some books. And as uh, I think he said, 11-year-old, he reached out his bedroom window to a maple tree that was right there and just tapped it because that's as far as he could reach with the drill. <laughs> so, <laughs> the next year they got inventive and, and found an extension cord so he could get four or five more trees. And I mean, that is how his whole deal started. Oh, wow. 
So he's just he just totally DIY'd it. Yeah, yeah. Just what he could read and experimentation and talking to other people and and now he just just talking to him for a few minutes, he knows so much about just you know, little things that you don't think about, like the uh the best maple trees are actually the ones along the roadside. What? Yeah, you wouldn't think so, but in the forest, the maple trees are competing for sunlight, where the ones along the road are usually more by themselves, and they're able to develop a much larger canopy at the top, and so they typically have more sap of a higher sugar content. Huh. Right? I never would have thought that, but they're actually better trees to tap than some of the ones in the forest. Huh. Never, never would have suspected. No, no. I don't sit here thinking about like, yeah, I guess if you tap away from the, the road, if you have the bucket facing the opposite way, you'd have to worry about, yeah, wow. And another thing I didn't quite realize is that there are other trees that you can tap for sap to make syrups out of. Oh? Yeah, the, the one that's probably the most known of amongst alternate trees, but is really hard to find anybody that does it, is birch. You can make a birch syrup. Ooh. I know Ooh. it, right? My my mind started going, wow, I can think about, about a thousand ritual uses for that. Right. My, 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 oh, Burkana. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you could just set the fire ablaze using, uh, uh, you know, the right tinder and steel and a lot of rune work on the vessels and just imagine the kind of enchanted syrup you could pull out of that. You were terrible for my free time, brother. <laughs> oh, man. But talk about a gift for your elders. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, could you imagine? That's some like, that's some like good offering material there. Mm-hmm. So and the bark you take off for the drill bit you can use for paper making inscriptions, holding your tin. Oh, man. Now you got mm-hmm. me going. So, yeah, kind of fascinating. That is really cool. I'm so happy you got to do that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, like a lot of fun. If I can yeah. take a bit of a tangent here, we managed to ramble on for a few minutes, even though we didn't think we had anything to talk about. Uh, our it. episode tonight, I have so been looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, these these folks were awesome. I'm so happy they, they took us into their room and... And just let us go hog wild for That's like right. two hours. Yeah, we were in there for, yeah, at least an hour and a half, I think. But we yeah, just sit a microphone on a table and away we talked. This, uh, this interview has been a lot of fun and I can't wait for it to be broadcast um, both channels. So you get to hear it here, but they will have their own introduction section and commentary and things to talk about over on their channel. And that's the Three Pagans in a Cat Crew. And we... Man, we had a good time together. We are definitely going to have to do that again. Absolutely. And I can't wait for that because that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope we get a chance to do something before Pagan Fest. But at least, if nothing else, they're going to be spending a lot of time at Pagan Fest as well. So I'm sure we'll have good interactions there. But man, I hope we can find some time to do something before then. Yeah. I would I would like that a lot because, oh man, this this interview is really, really fun. It was kind of nice being on the opposite side of the mic. Interviewed. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was. And, and I think we all, uh, even though there was the five of us there, did a really good job of asking each other questions and kind of drawing each other out a little bit. So that was nice. Yeah. And huh, just, just 
the sheer back and forth. I, I love how this family interacts. I really do. Like they, they, the way they bounce off each other is real fun. And just listening to their podcasts on the way to work or what have you, it's a real treat because there's a lot of love and respect there. And, and they showed it just as much to us as they did to each other. And so it was a real honor to be on that show. It definitely was a huge honor. Well, unless there's anything else you want to bring up, Sarah, I think we can go ahead and turn it over. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Here's our joint podcast with three pagans and a cat. All right, so this is Three Pagans and a Cat. It's a yeah. dual cast? It's a dual cast. Dual cast. Yeah. Like so you may call me Ode. I'm Carr. Mary Meat. My name is Gwyn. I am James Stowall. I am Soren Thodenson. And where are you guys from? We are from the podcast Around Grandfather Fire. Okay. So I know, like, so, so the big thing, I think, for one of the three-pack people, uh, <laughs> uh, so in particular, Ode, who has talked about Saren since, was since it convocation? Episode, yeah, it was I mean, our convocation episode. So episode three. You have to understand, yeah. Saren, when your name comes up in Ode's mind or in her conversation, it's like... So I have to it, tease. They've so, been teasing me about this from so, the beginning. So, <laughs> so last year at Convocation, you basically changed Ode's entire yep. mindset around the runes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Around I had I had just started studying the runes, and I took your rune workshop that you did, and. Mm. I had never thought about the runes the way you presented them, and I basically had to like scrap my whole system and start over. Oh, you're welcome. With yeah, <laughs> with, with the with the new mindset from what I learned from you. So and talked about you all the way home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talked about that class. Yeah. yeah, and the runes and what Ode learned, and we heard about it several days later. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot take sole soul credit for that. My elder Galina Kraskova was the one that brought me to these understandings. She picked over the outline for that class. It produced a lot of really good commentary and it made me the person I am today. That's very cool. That's well, and now you're passing that down that's, to Ode that because knowledge. that's really changed how Ode does everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, had significant impact. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of so, course, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, you're we, we kind of got together because there's a service out there that allows podcasters to try to get guests. Right. And that car signed up for without telling anyone. Right. That I signed up for because I was <laughs> like, well, it would be cool to have guests. Well, our first our first speaking engagement at MPF. He just signed. Last year. He was just like, we'll teach these classes. And then he told us after, after they've been accepted. After they've been accepted. I was like, oh, by the way. By the way, we're teaching. I was like, what, do you, what the fuck do you mean we're teaching? We're not teachers. What are we teaching? Oh, I so you're now yeah. forced into this uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but literally we just like, <laughs> but through that service james contacted me and said hey we'd be really into this uh Sarenth actually listens to your podcast which blew our minds and then Ode <laughs> went absolutely ballistic for about two weeks going Sarenth listens to our podcast <laughs> and, and what do you mean he wants to be on it <laughs> We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Nonsense. Uh, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> well, we often say we're definitely we're not, not experts, experts on please this. Don't, please don't take us as experts on anything. <laughs> please. 
No, but compliments to y'all, really. There's every episode is just so packed with information. Oh, I really mm -hmm. like your format and all the things that you're presenting. It's it's a really an amazing podcast. Well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. been a it's been a. We a, went back and listened to our early stuff recently because we just <laughs> oh, hit a year. Oh, man, do I understand that? Feeling? And we were like. The, our very first episode, we had this whole plan where, like, every month we were, we're going to cover different phases the, of the, the different kinds of the moon. <laughs> oh, right. And immediately after the first episode, we never returned to that concept again. <laughs> <laughs> Not about it. Because our second episode was neo-paganism and sexual abuse because the Isaac Bonowitz thing had just come oh, out. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, oh, gosh, I guess we need to cover, cover this. this. yeah. And then and, we did Convocation. And then we did Convocation. And so we just never got back to it. Never. And I'm an ADF member, so, you know, I'm like, oh, gosh, I've got, I've at yeah. least got yeah. to talk about this yeah. yeah right and we started the wheel of the year and then it was building your book mm -hmm. and it was yeah. like <laughs> yeah for a while there we always knew what we were talking about because we had start started two series like at yeah. the very beginning of our yeah. podcast yeah, yeah. I don't know what the, so I mean, I don't wheel know of the year thinking. basically you know it's every six weeks or so we're talking about that because we want to get it out two weeks before right. the mm -hmm. event actually happens so people can get the content before the holiday happens right. Right. and yeah. and those have by far been our biggest listenership mm -hmm. wow normally we average eh, 3,000, 3,500 per episode. And wow. those are around five to six. We have yeah. one that's at eight now. That's yeah. Yule, 8, I think. I think yeah. the Yule episode, yeah. yeah. That's it's amazing. Crazy. And, uh, people and really people like those go episodes. back and listen like, it makes no months sense later. to me. Months <laughs> later. like, that one's, oh, like, Yule happened already, people. Right? Don't like, worry. People are <laughs> still <laughs> listening to it. We get listeners who say, I just got done marathoning your entire list, and we're like, are you okay? Right? This <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Originally, people would be like, we marathoned your whole thing. I really like, well, it's eight episodes. That's a work day. Now it's like 31 episodes. I'm like, are you? Are you okay? Right. Have you been sick recently? <laughs> Do you have a very long commute? Yeah. Because our episodes average about an hour ten. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they're a little bit longer than the norm. Mm -hmm. um, our first two episodes were like 40 minutes, and then everything else since then has been like, how can we, well, then we started, these down? Then we started to... adding in stuff, so we were like, well, we'll start reviewing things. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we started doing the little segments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. are so, getting around in hour and 40 minutes, hour two hours, hours. Yeah. Yeah. at this point in time, because we're doing, we've been really blessed with a lot of really amazing guests lately, so mm -hmm. we're doing deep dives. We're like, yeah. hey, the stuff that you never get to talk about anywhere else, let's talk about that. Yeah. And yeah. so two hours later, we're like, well, we should stop. We could probably go another hour, but we probably should stop. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, our goal is 60 minutes, but, but we never, ever we hit, never it. hit it, and we hit that. we're almost always over. And actually, Our last episode, been, we were... Two hours long, I managed to cut it down in the edit to an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty impressive in its own right, really. <laughs> but let's, let's get around. Yeah, let's talk know, about let's Around talk Grandfather about Fire. Around Grandfather Fire. How did you guys get started doing this? What is the premise of your podcast? So this is all Jim's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the, the, the short version is that I'm friends with Andre Vittemus, and he had a podcast for a long uh, period of time called Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole. But the marathon of a podcast, especially a weekly mm -hmm. podcast, gets to you pretty uh -huh. heavily. And so at some point in time, he said, you know, you've been on several times as a guest. Would you consider having your own show and alternating with me? And so that was The Jaguar and the Owl. That was the show I started, and that was on Pair X. It was an hour long, and, you know, it, it was it was pretty good. And Sarah became a frequent guest. And I'm like, we're such good friends anyway. Okay, you're just going to be the co-host. <laughs> Why not? This makes it a lot easier. And we together... So you were drafted, Yeah. what I yeah. The bus method, right? right yeah. And, you were voluntold. 
So we did that for what two and a half, three years, three something years. like that. Uh, and yeah. and then we kind of hit a burnout point ourselves. Sure. Yeah. We took uh, took about two years off, I think, yep, roughly. Two year hiatus. And I said it's it's time to get started again. But this time we're getting away from a structured format. We are going to talk about shamanism and animism and spirituality. But I want free reign. I want to be able mm-hmm. to swear because that's an important part of our practice. <laughs> sure, yeah. And we're going to talk about books and comic books and movies and everything else because I came to the realization that at Michigan Pagan Fest, we'd have these amazing conversations around the sacred fire. You'd get people wandering in, wandering out, yep. other elders, other teachers, and you never knew which direction the, the conversation was going to go, but there's always these really powerful lessons in it. I said, let's see if we can replicate that. So that's yeah. what we're aiming for. That's very, that's very cool. cool. So you're yeah. live on mic and you're normally via like Skype or something yep. yep okay okay so we've never done the skype well we tried. we tried we tried once with bill l oh right uh from pagans in need but it just ended up being a we could not get the skype to work yeah no. skype is its own challenge when yeah you have things drop out the main editing i do is editing <laughs> out those because uh, yeah. they do happen and then we've had important lessons along the way there too uh, mm-hmm. in the last few episodes we have discovered that sarah and i really need to video chat during these skype conversations because we were trying to do it just by audio cues, and we kept ending up with those moments where I was expecting him to talk, mm-hmm. and he was expecting me to talk. So now we have the little video up, so our guests can see us too. But like, and I see him lean into the mic. I know he's going. Yeah. 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 Kick back yep. And yeah. yeah. Very cool. We're kind of weird because we do this. It's right. one mic on a table, yeah. and we all three sit around it. And if you've listened to it on headphones. Mm-hmm. Like, Ode comes out of both ears, Wind comes out of the left ear, I come out of the right ear, because we do the stereo mix down through the mic. The mic just does a stereo thing. It's how it's built. And then we just talk over each other. Right, yeah, we talk over each other. (laughs) We do that even with the videos. Yeah. I understand. So the funny thing is, like, we've had people start asking for transcripts. Oh, God. And you you cannot machine transcript our show because... We too much over talk. talk. Yeah, we talk over each other. And it's expensive to get a a program, to get someone to do it. It for you yeah so i finally said okay youtube will transcribe it but you sort of to, sort of <laughs> so you have to we are uploading some of our episodes eventually we'll get them all up there and so if they go to youtube now they can turn on the closed caption turn on the closed caption the closed oh, caption nice. is on there awesome. and then it'll give you an option for transcripts but it's all jumbled, so you have to kind of really figure out. <laughs> Maybe because it because it's just so difficult to yeah. machine translate. It, right. it kind of is like an, a jumble of words. Yeah, we got to We have to figure out a better solution. We do. We do. I actually talked to a trans. You can even figure it confused Google. <laughs> <laughs> that is a point of pride, I think. But I figured, hey, at least it's there. Right, it's yeah. something. Um, we've had some some listeners saying, hey, we'd really like transcripts because I'm. I'm well, I want to study it. it more. I want to yeah. study it more. There, there's some things that you said that I. Mm-hmm. I Want to you talk too fast and I can't take notes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, YouTube babies, that's your best option right now. Yeah. I did just talk to a transcriptionist today. So hopefully, yeah, so we'll, hopefully get we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll out. figure out something. And I don't know if you all know Corvus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So one of the lady who does editing for all of his books and stuff also does transcription service. Right. Oh, okay. So I was like, all right, well, oh, yeah. well so at least. Less inclined to get all the language and little funny. Right. right yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specific uh, words. That yeah. All the terminology. Wrong, so. yeah. 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 We had to go explicit on our podcast <laughs> because yeah. iTunes emailed me and went, it's either that or we're going to take you we're down. Gonna, I was like, oh, I'll go. And we're like, well, fuck you okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll go explicit, we'll and call go it explicit. Good. Uh-huh. i could edit all the swearing out but 
it would be really awkward. Yeah. 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 Plus, I think it just, you know, we're just being ourselves. Right. And we were talking about that earlier before we turned the mic on. We got started doing this whole thing mm-hmm. because we would have these conversations at home. Exactly like what you're hearing yeah. on the mic. Yep. Except what, even more strident, usually. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so we thought, and so Carr was just like, well, what do you think if we just do this on a mic and share it with people and maybe they'll get something out of it? And, and so we were like, I okay. thought, like, Maybe a whole 20 people on Earth were going to give oh, a yeah. shit. <laughs> and I was proven wrong almost immediately. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know where you people came from, but <laughs> I, I, I appreciate your presence. <laughs> now, do you all do a Patreon? We don't currently. We have okay. talked we about it. We did one in the past for the, the previous show. Right now, we're just trying to sort that out a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay. So you guys have had great with success with your we have. Yeah, we really have. We are just yeah. a lot more than I had ever expected. Oh yeah, we we love our we love all of our listeners. Our pride is what we call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we are got all so, those cat names. Yeah, yeah, all those cat names. But we're just so blessed with the people that have chosen to support us. And every time we get a new one, we're just like, thank you so much, because I feel like we can't thank people enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't know how helpful that is to us right. to keep the podcast it's going. Not, it's not inexpensive to it's, do a podcast. No, it's, it's right very yeah. expensive. You know, there's yeah. the server because right. we yeah. have to pay Fireside to, to yep. keep the website and to keep the archive up. Yep. There's the, yeah. you know, the software and, and then if we want to do anything like this, you know, if we want to come to a Convocation. festival, you know, and do interviews with well-known authors, that costs money. Right. Yeah. And so our Patreon patrons help offset that cost. Yeah. Yeah. And it means so much. You know, so I think, thank you again, patrons. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love for it to, you know, ultimately be this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. I heard that you guys are getting closer to that. Though. Oh, well, it's only been a year. <laughs> well, I mean, still, I mean, I know you guys have talked about getting a lot closer to that. that well, dream goal, so. we're getting closer to our, our, first, our first goal, goal. Our first yeah, goal. which is Ode working full time yeah. on uh-huh. the podcast. And going from a bi-weekly format to a weekly format. That'd be amazing. Mm. That's what we're talking about. Which we, especially early on, we had a lot of people asking Mm -hmm. for us to upload more frequently. And we were like, we can't do that right now. Yeah. We have life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm no longer working an outside job. So that frees me up to do more. Right now she's writing the Building Your Book book. Yeah, Yeah. I'm writing a book based on Building Your Book series. So we are hoping that if people want to continue to support, that they want us to go to a weekly format, Mm That, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's how that happens. Yeah. But we're about halfway there in terms of the the goal we put on for our Patreon was $750 a month. Mm -hmm. And we're at 300 something. 360 something, yeah. Yeah. I know, right? (laughs) When we started the Patreon, I told them, guys, we're going to get a maximum of $50 a month. Just be fine with it. (laughs) Don't expect to make money on this. Yeah. And And then the money kept coming in, and I was like, all right, I take it back, I guess. (laughs) I know you all use Anchor. Yeah. We're using Fireside. We're not sponsored by Fireside, but you guys should take a look at it. And anybody who podcasts, quite yeah, honestly. Yeah, honestly, we've been really, really satisfied with the service. It's yeah. constantly updating I'm curious new what's features. I'm with Anchor because they were just bought out by Spotify. They were, uh, yes, yeah. So I'm that's right. really curious yeah. how that's going to change yeah. with their Fireside platform. has Spotify integration, so yeah. it gets yeah. cross posted. It gets cross posted automatically to Spotify, just about to everywhere, quite yeah. honestly. Stitcher, yeah. I mean, they it's all. It's great, have we don't it, have to so. worry 
worry about it. We had somebody who wanted to listen to yours who was struggling to find yeah, it. Yeah, who did. Yeah, I yeah. posted a link up. Yes, thank you. Usually, if you search around Grandfather Fire, it pops up on yeah. Google. Yeah, it's, so the, first, yeah. The, first, yeah. it's the first right. link on Google yeah. if you search the, yeah. Which, by the, the same, name of the podcast. By the way, we should say we love your podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very you should much. know that because you can tell we talk a lot. So jump in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait for a spot. Just make one. Just make a spot. Yeah, if you've listened at all to the podcast, you know that we talk over each other. So feel free to talk over us. You've been, when did you all get to convocation? We got here Wednesday. Were we right? What, yesterday afternoon? Yesterday afternoon. Three o'clock-ish, I guess it was. Three or something like that. Had anything entertaining or interesting go on so far? I had two really, really good back-to-back death and dying workshops I went to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Names escape me right now, but the first one was on being a death doula. Oh. And the second one was on end-of-life care and the processes that you need to go through in order to make sure that your wishes are observed mm-hmm. and some of the legal requirements and how DNRs work. So back-to-back, back, it, really, it was a really powerful time to listen into how the death doula system works here. Uh, we're one of the first adopters, we're one of the first three adopters in the States for the death doula certification. Now, it's not required yet. But there's work being done where death doula is actually a certified process to fill in the gaps between hospice care and lawyers and families and funeral homes. So it it provides a really powerful method of of healing and integrating information. So it's one of the things I'm very deeply interested in, given my work with Odin and Hella. And so it's one of those things I'm I'm dipping my toes in and going, hmm, I wonder. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds very interesting. The end of life care, you know, none of us are getting out of here alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Spoiler alert. You <laughs> so, know, entropy wins. <laughs> knowing what you want and how you want it to go off and having, this is the disposition of my body, this is how I want to be taken care of, these are the ceremonies, these are the people to contact in the ceremonies, this is where my stuff goes. Having all that and having that dialogue now, mm-hmm. not just with your relatives, but with your friends, making sure everybody's on the same page, and then doing that conversation again and again and again. It was really emphasized in that workshop. It was fantastic. Gotcha. I think it sounds fantastic, because last year in May, I was diagnosed with cancer, and so I had to have surgery. And during that process of getting ready for the surgery, they had me fill out a whole packet yeah. of information on what are my wishes if something should happen during surgery, what I want, you know, mm-hmm. to be put on life mm-hmm. support. And you had to have us witness it. Uh, yeah. Yep, they had to witness it, and it's now in the hospital system in the state of Michigan. Honestly, I had ne- it had never occurred to me to do that. Keep in mind that if you have a DNR on file, that may not transfer between hospitals. Mm-hmm. That's okay. something I found out from know. that workshop. Gotcha. Uh, kudos to the workshop folks. They were really clear that if you have a DNR or living will or any kind of advanced directive, mm-hmm. you need to double, triple check with every single facility that you are in, no matter what the length of time To make is, sure it's right? there. Make sure yeah. the handoff's there. Well, yeah. Sarah had a pretty good handle on a lot of this stuff going in because he had worked at a funeral home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was able to know just listening how quality level the class was and what good information right. it was, which was extremely helpful. Yeah. Last night I went to the white face of hell 
class in the evening. And one of the things somebody in the who was an attendee brought up was the fact that not all states honor DNRs. Nope. In fact, you can have a, a living will, a DNR, and your family, someone, one person in your family can challenge it, take it to court, mm -hmm. and then and then that person ends up getting put on life support, even though that was not their their intention wish, or yeah. their wish. Yeah. Making sure your POAs are in order, your power of attorney, mm -hmm. that is number one. Mm -hmm. That is number one because anybody with that power who's in line, mm -hmm. you know, say uh, something happens to both you and Ricard at the same time, mm -hmm. and you'd be the first one in line. Yep. So, you know, you'd be the decision maker at that point. Well, you can't make that decision. Now is the time while you're all still rightfully well right. and healthy to say, hey, I know I can't handle this. Yeah. Give the POA to somebody else. Right. Well, yeah. and that's important, really, in the in the, well, the neo-pagan community because mm -hmm. so many people are coming from families that are Christian. That's right. right. Yeah, this right. is the thing. So you might be better off selecting someone else that has aligned beliefs within mm -hmm. the pagan community and making sure those powers of attorney are lined up. Yeah. Yeah. Before mm -hmm. something happens, or else, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you could end up with a Christian burial. That right. Exactly. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. Well, because because there's every chance that I'll have to fight the rest of y'all's yeah. family. Yeah. to get yeah. your wishes met because yeah. they're all Christian. Yep. I'm willing to have that fight mm -hmm. because I don't care if I burn bridges. Your, your brother will stand up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but that's a you know that's yeah. that's a fight I'll probably have to have at some point. Certainly with my mother. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because my mother would want a salvation message taught during uh -huh. it just in yeah. case. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, yep. my son went to hell, but mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. And here's how. Please come up to the casket now and <laughs> renew your vows to Christ. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, that's, uh -huh. oh, yeah. that's why I want to be on a, you know, I know we can't do it legally anymore, but I want to be on a raft and have arrows you know, <laughs> shot, shot and, and go in flames <laughs> and then sent down the river. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. Oh, but I want that. On the <laughs> other hand, my mother wants her ashes something. sprinkled all over the Capitol grounds. Which is illegal. Yeah. Which is illegal. Totally illegal. We're like, yeah. sure. Sure, we'll figure that out. Cut a hole in the pants pocket. Uh -huh. yes. <laughs> it was an accident. I don't know what to tell you. Although, to be fair, I went to a memorial service for a lady who she wanted her ashes put at the flower pots at a mall. And so somebody did that. They did that. Her family, they each got, you know, portions of, of her ashes. And they all went and they just looked, do, 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 do. You're not watching me as I dump this into uh -huh. this flower bed here. It's fertilizer. I cannot imagine liking the mall enough to I do know. that. Apparently, she was a shopaholic. Right. It was like her. That was her therapy. She would go there. So I was like, okay, different lady, strokes that for different folks. You want. Yeah, exactly. If that's important to you, mm -hmm. <laughs> I cannot imagine wanting to do that. Some I, folks go to Helheim. Some folks go to Briarwood. Exactly. <laughs> I think at one point I talked with my children about doing a having some kind of a, a treasure hunt. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we had a whole plan. Yep. For a while there, of we were gonna bury you and Carr in separate graveyards uh -huh. and set up a scavenger hunt to get to one to the other. <laughs> that could go in either direction. Yep. You'd start at one grave, follow the scavenger trail across oh, the right. United States to the other one. It's like geocaching for the dead. I told my wife I want a, a headstone that says here lies Shaman Jim. If you make good offerings, he might help you. And I said, this is good for at least a century of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred years of laying like, wow, these kids are Jesus. really crazy asses. I don't know what's going on here, but this is Oh, fun. a chicken, actually. <laughs>
Oh, yeah, I used I'll make it into the, all the haunted Michigan books. It'll be great. <laughs> I love it. That's fabulous. So when I was in college, I lived behind a mortuary. Sweet. And I was friends. Or actually, I was in high school at uh-huh. the time. And I was friends with the son whose parents owned the mortuary. Mm-hmm. This is in West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah, we went to the same college. So. Oh, right. I so, know a couple of guys who worked there. And <laughs> so every once in a while, Jason would run over to my house and knock on the door. And he goes, a Kennedy has died. You want to come watch us drain the blood? And I'm like, it's a Kennedy. Sure, you know. <laughs> you know, of course, I'm going to go see that. Let's go watch some famous blood drain. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I've, I've had, like, <laughs> I've had some of the weirdest jobs in the entire world. So yes. the majority of my career has been entertainment industry. But in the gaps. But in the gaps between, like, an entertainment job here and an entertainment job here. Because he had to, you know, provide for his family. Right. I took my, the one that they love the most the is children, that yeah. I took a job as a landscape architect. Oh, excellent. At a perpetual care cemetery, which basically meant gravedigger. I like to give like the list and then add that one at the end, Crazy just tack it on there. <laughs> Record label back. owner, DJ, blah 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 blah, grave digger. Yeah, yeah um, and Ode has never. And just watched. I just like to watch the double takes. Yeah. Ode has never forgiven Carr because he had promised that he she could go to plant the yeah, pansies. Plant yeah. the pansies at the <laughs> at the, the gravesides. Yeah. yeah, when and I was a kid. Couldn't wasn't and then never happened. Yeah, because I got another job and. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> so it was like, you oh, never make was, a promise to a five-year-old and don't keep it. <laughs> this was a source of strife in our family for many moons. <laughs> <laughs> but probably, I don't know. I mean, you worked at a funeral home. I did. I so did. the weirdest thing I've ever had is we lowered the casket into the ground. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it becomes cemetery property, no longer funeral home property. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the family decided they wanted the jewelry. <laughs> at oh. which point. Uh-huh. Right. So I climbed down in the hole, opened it, took off her jewelry very carefully. She was an elderly lady, so she had very thin skin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to be, like, super very careful delicate, taking yeah. everything off because you don't want to, like, traumatize the family. Right. 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 Um, right. By breaking but, yeah. Here, here you go. Here, <laughs> oh, here, here you go. Here's the ring. Here's and the ring. Here. Somebody give me a can of Crisco. Uh, <laughs> here. Let's make a hand of glory. <laughs> D-glove grandma. <laughs> So by far that was the weirdest experience I had ever had. Like, was to just climb down in this grave and like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, take the opportunity to go full services. Oh, that would have been brilliant. Uh, oh. Apologies. <laughs> too too early uh, yeah. for that. That was in the nineties, so uh, the book was out, obviously, oh, but right. I wouldn't have had a voice but to that, go with that Gollum classic Smeagol, Smeagol yeah. voice. That yeah. was brilliant, by the way. Brilliant. Oh, precious! And the opportunity to do the pansies is still there. Sarenth does a huge amount of time uh, caring for graveyards around the area. Oh, there so. you go. Well, there you go. Uh, okay. Your local graveyard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we actually have one. Very right nearby. Outside, yeah, yeah. yeah. We could so actually. I now manage a manufactured home community. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And it literally, like, right out front of it is a yeah. is a graveyard mm-hmm. for, a, ca- the for a Catholic church. church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Very active and it, one, I might add. It literally ju- just had a chain link fence around it. Yeah. But yeah. it connects to the playground. Yeah. Of course it does. For yeah, the... Sure community and i so kids were climbing the fence yeah kids were climbing the fence and jumping over and walking through the graveyard to like go get the school bus and and, uh so that one of my first things respectful air right yeah 
So one of my first things was to put up this vinyl eight foot tall fence around it. Because, Privacy fence, yeah. And I called the church and I said, hey, I want to put up this fence. And they go, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> please, please put it up. But it was more of a, for me, it was more of a respect for the families who are coming right. to intern their loved ones, right. not having to watch a bunch of kids mm -hmm. running around on a playground cussing and throwing mm -hmm. stuff and, you know. You didn't have to listen to ghosts and spirits go, damn you kids, get off my car! <laughs> right, right, <yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, okay, so that is some of the stuff that you've done is mm -hmm. gone to these, these classes. Have you gone to any classes? Yeah, I went to one with uh, Jackie Smith last night. Uh, about yeah, yeah, ethics. Ethics and yeah. paganism and leadership, so that was pretty interesting. I think that's a big topic that yeah. has to be explored a lot more, especially a lot of things that are going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I made the conscious choice of going in. Sarah and I have talked about this topic mm -hmm. a lot in depth. We have discussion groups uh, in Jackson, and we've, got, we've talked about it on the podcast, and that sort of thing, but I made the conscious decision when I walked into the room, especially a lot of the demographic was female. So I made the choice, I'm like, here's an hour and a half where I am a, a cis-normal white male, I'm going to shut my mouth and listen. Yeah, That's yeah. what I did for that hour and a half. And I thought it was a really good uh, structure, though. There was a lot of back and forth conversation. It wasn't a class so much as a, as a conversation and some thoughts about where an ethical guideline, what it would go and what it would look like, the fact that it would be completely voluntary, but what kind of things should be included and mm -hmm. right. the conversation I think is going to be ongoing. So. Yeah, Ode went to that, not because, I would say we don't feel like we're in leadership, but I think other people think we are. <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've gotten enough feedback from listeners who are very, very new to paganism, mm -hmm. who are listening to the podcast and using it as a primary source, that right. I felt like I needed to at least attend, because yeah. I don't have any leadership training, Right. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm still panicked that I have students. I'm like, right, well, right. years into the process, I'm like, holy smokes, man. Yeah, yeah so like, I don't, I don't have students. I'm not yeah. training anyone. Yeah, right. But, but there we are. are. The, but exactly. exactly. But like in a, in a diffuse way through the podcast, right. I kind of am. Yeah. So. And we teach classes. Yeah. That's technically yeah. true. Yep. That is technically you know, true. And, and they, you know, we're in the students. process of writing a book. I guess that's also true. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying like, and so this is my struggle. I stumbled into this and I'm still not comfortable here. I'm I'm still there. <laughs> Ode's whole thing was, yeah, we'll do this podcast. We'll do like three or four of them, and then we'll realize it was worthless, and we'll give it up and move on. <laughs> I thought we would get bored. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. I don't know if you guys have found this with your experience over the years as podcasters, but it's very interesting it to, to come up with topics uh -huh. and, and then do the research and then have the conversation. And I'll go back and listen, you know, after a few months to, to just go, you know, what did we say? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> we we had a really interesting conversation, and I can build actually even from what we talked about. Right, and then that spurs conversation with our listeners, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. because they give they give comments and they give their thoughts on the topic mm -hmm. or their experiences or they ask questions, right. you know. Well, and the way our Patreon and Discord work is so if somebody signs up at Patreon Hunter level or above, so that's $10 a month or above, they get to listen live as we record it, yeah, yeah. and there's a question and answer thing, so they can ask questions can live as us. we're doing it. Yeah. And so... And we've we, gotten... Uh, they've spurred a lot of good conversation that right, way. Yeah, yeah so, it's been really valuable. Right. Well, I, uh, Sarah, I want to talk about our... I think our favorite email that we were ever received from a listener. Why don't you go ahead and talk about that? So uh, this gentleman named Ryan, all the way from Denmark, emailed us out of the rather out of the blue once we started talking about Northern tradition and heathen Slavic things. And said, "Hey, so 
I've come into starting working with these burial mounds, and I'd like some guidance on how to do that. And I'm sitting here, and Jim, Jim hands me the email, handshakes it to me, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> wow. I mean, cause he's asking about how to take care of his own and I mean he him and his, his family ancestors. lived mm -hmm. on this land. Yeah. He's Ancient, asked me to take care of his ancestors. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's a huge responsibility. It was like, oh, oh hell. Okay. I mean, we took a lot of time on and offline to talk about how we're gonna approach it. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge mm -hmm. weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not just in terms of his, what do we do to advise him? Mm -hmm. Wow, you know. And so that for for me, it's one of my favorite interactions. Right. And he is he's been a good well, friend that, since. Let's say three weeks to a month later, we started getting all these photos of mm -hmm. these ancient barrel oh, mounds that he's taking care of now, and the landscaping he's done, yep. the offerings that he's mm -hmm. left. He's come back to us a couple times with clarification questions on. Here I'm going to a barrel mound now that's not in the area where I live. How should I approach that one? Mm -hmm. And we had those conversations. So it's like you don't mean to. Yeah. Like, I'm a leader. I'm a teacher. <laughs> it's just all of a sudden you realize that you know maybe something that mm -hmm. someone else yeah. doesn't. It's, the whole point is to help them get mm -hmm. one piece of information they might not have had. Mm -hmm. If you can do that, it's success. It's amazing because like a show like yours, I think what's really important, I remember my early days in paganism, right? Who do you trust? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, you could, I could pick a random book out of the back of mm -hmm. Green right, Egg and Hope. It was right. Good, right? right. Yeah. Uh, I could when talk Green to Egg some, existed. Yeah, yeah. When Green Egg existed, I could talk to some random person I met somewhere at, you know, Crazy Wisdom and hope they knew what they were talking about. Right, right. And I think the value of, like, podcasts is they can hear our voices, mm -hmm. which, to a degree, helps them hear our experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of us are saying that we're the big experts. Right. Right. A lot yeah. of times, the, we, you know, we can help you sort out, like, Sarah and I, the main body of our show is about shamanism. And as you know, that is, like, such a word right here. Yeah. yeah. Everybody the conversation, yeah. Everything. Yeah. You're my shamanic crackers <laughs> so I wish that was an exaggeration I wish that was not true but you know and so it's like we have big conversations about what is shamanism what is this role do we even actually consider ourselves shaman which is a you know conversation that we've had yeah. one of those things yeah. And, yeah. and just like you guys we have to share our experiences and that's a huge part of helping other people sort yeah. out their paths in the pagan communities we privilege and I think I think this is an outgrowth of, of Protestant Christianity in this country in general we privilege the written word and oral traditions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, how quaint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, okay, look, look, the Eddas were written down by a Christian lawyer. Yeah. Right. Um, which were based off of oral tradition. We don't know what we've lost. Mm -hmm. Right. So exactly. let's, be, let's be real. And, let's, and he let's... was probably coming from a biased point of view. Right, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, Odin came from Troy. No. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's that's actually an active thing that I, I'm happy the community, between podcasts and between YouTube videos and things like that, I'm glad the community is finally mm -hmm. starting to nail this because you aren't going to find all the extra experts in mm. books. You can't. Yeah. And and books are a limited media. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just just like audio, just like video, but between the learning styles and between mm -hmm. right all the things that you can get from listening to somebody's voice. I mean, there's a really truly magical quality to writing and just as magical a quality there is to the voice. I yeah. agree. And, and yep. We privilege the written word so much. Mm -hmm. And I say that as a writer. Right. <laughs> so we just did a storytelling episode yeah. recently where we retold myths in our own words and I thought like part of the power of that was that we were 
saying them. Not that we weren't reading them, we weren't rewriting them and just, like, disseminating those. There are hundreds of rewritten variations of the myths. There's something different about presenting it to someone in your own voice. Mm -hmm. The way my inflection changes when I'm talking about a specific action or the way... How many cuss words you have in it? How many cuss words (laughs) I have in it? (laughs) Injecting humor where someone else might not have seen it or drama or Mm -hmm. whatever. You're bringing your interpretation of that myth into right. reality mm-hmm. by speaking it and that can resonate with other people yeah so we decided we we're going to do the storytelling series kind of interspersed randomly yeah. so the first one was shenanigans yeah <laughs> so it's all the shit the gods got up to right. basically right. so it was a lot of fun to tell those stories yeah i find too like with the podcast the power that we have mm-hmm. is that that all of us have is that there's a lot of written material and especially like if you're looking at northern traditions mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. There's a lot of books that cover the myths, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And we had a conversation with Galena recently. You know, a lot of people are familiar with the term uh, unverified personal gnosis. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the thing is, with a podcast like this, then we can start getting into peer corroborated personal gnosis, mm-hmm. which means we can start with our voices sharing, hey, if I've had this experience with Loki and this person in California and this mm-hmm. person in Australia mm-hmm. and this person over here, yeah. we've all had the same experiences without ever talking to each other before, then these can be like new lore mm-hmm. that we're actually generating. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I can't, I don't know how many times I've said this on the podcast already. A bunch, probably. It was all new once. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, like, it, it didn't come down from the sky perfectly formed already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone wrote it down once. Or spoke it. Exactly. Originally, originally, people told these stories to each other, and eventually someone wrote it down. Mm -hmm. And now, because of academia, Mm -hmm. we've decided that authenticity is correlated to antiquity. And it's not. And I think there's also, especially in when you think of podcasting, there's a lot of people who don't like to read. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so they listen to audiobooks. Yeah. Yep. In this case, you're listening to people talk about their things that they've learned, the knowledge that they've gleaned, the experiences through their own practice. You can learn not only from books or the audiobooks, mm-hmm. but also just from listening to others. Right. I listen to a lot in my car and it works. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. And that's... I think we have a lot of listeners who are beginners in the craft. They get ideas which direction to go to or where to explore because a lot of them are like, well, I don't know where the fuck to go here. And that's one reason why we do reviews too. Yeah, they don't know where to start. Is that, you know, we're reviewing a book or we're reviewing a product or something like that so that they at least have somebody else who's explored that ahead of time. And if we don't like it, we'll we'll (laughs) tell you we don't like it. You know, we're just... I I think I gave something a one star for you. Yeah. It's like, don't read this trash book. <laughs> so we don't I mean, we don't pull punches on it. We just say, don't. It's not yeah. worth your time. It's not worth your effort. Or it's worth your effort if you're in this particular right. place. Yeah. Or so. I would like to say, though, we rarely give more than four stars. But we have this week given five stars to Witch Doctor Utu. Jason Mankey. For the books that we talked to them nice. about. Because we had a they're chance books, to read yeah. those books. Oh, okay. And they're brilliant. They yeah. really are. Very well researched. Interesting topics. We're going to. Yeah. Get, it's, weird to get, yeah. it's weird. It's weird to give five star reviews. Yeah. It yeah. is. I felt, I felt weird doing it. I was like, ooh. Five star. I don't know that I've ever done that before. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. And then we there started. There probably are flaws. And then we not, started the random, me. like, Ode Stone Corner and yeah. Gwen's Garden right. Gems. Yeah. Just kind of. I don't know, like... People I, asked for them. Yeah. Because I kept breaking off to talk about rocks. Right. In the middle of an episode. Well, we started Wind's Garden Gems because we did an abbreviated 
herbalism episode, and somebody was like, "Not enough. I need more info." <laughs> and so somebody, one of said, our listeners, one Tally. of our listeners, yeah, Tally Tally. Oil. Yeah, yeah, Tally was like, "Well, why don't you just make a segment, and then you can talk about different individual herbs, herbs yeah. and what you can do with them." So rather than throwing cold pepper out, them, you're actually like providing a service, right? right. Yeah, that yeah. is a huge. That's a huge thing for what especially for yeah I mean especially for folks who either can't throw the money down for a cold pepper yeah which oh my god any of the other numerous mm-hmm. tomes out there yeah. yeah you know I just want to know what X Y and Z plant can you, yeah yeah that's huge yeah. yeah so it's a new it's a new herb every week yeah. it's a new st- or every two every, weeks every, it's yeah. a new stone every two weeks and yeah. then for some reason everybody decided <laughs> I should have a segment two <laughs> just for completeness yeah and that's where the recipes thing came in yeah. so just because I talk about food because I'm you know, fat. <laughs> and I really like food. And I really like to cook. I don't do it often. Yeah. Because for it me, becomes an ordeal. Yeah, for me, cooking is a day experience. Like, I need an entire day because I'm not going to, like, throw together something. He needs a couple of okay. days because something probably has to chill. Okay, so yeah. he exaggerates a little because he can... He can throw a burger, a burger together. He can throw a burger together well, in a couple true. hours. So. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But it does take a couple of hours, which is the scary thing. I do like the stone information, too, because uh, when I was listening recently, I think it was the, the Liminal Space 2 one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Electric. So Electric my, my experience, Yeah, my experience working, uh, my wife and I owned a, a metaphysical shop. She still got it online, but uh, we don't have a physical location mm-hmm. anymore. But the years of experience with the stones, it's amazing because I can have, people can have every reference book in the oh. world. Sometimes they walk up and they tell you what's going on. And it's like, I don't care what any of the books do, say, you need selenite or mm-hmm. you need this. And yeah. the, the experience with the stones is so different than any guide can ever give you. And yeah, I, I just read people's energy and that. I've given up on using the, the correspondence tables for stones because, first of all, they I'll start with, this stone is very protective. <laughs> yes, yes, Every single stone apparently is very protective. Those yes. are like the big three or prosperity, I suppose. At, yeah. at some point prosperity. I went through and I was like, they can't all be. That's right. not, no, not every stone is into that. They got, they have tendencies and habits and preferences, but I'm also. You mean stones are people too? I know, yes, yes yeah. Yes, yeah. And then, which is why I'm always like, go through and actually don't just order them off the internet. Cause then you might get a stone that has zero, zero percent interest in working with you. Hey, zero sometimes, fucks though, by that sometimes stone. though, a stone will come to you and yeah. then just to get away from you. Yes. So I, I, I am not really, I don't work with stones a lot. So I, I do rely on Ode a lot to help me with, with stones, but I do, I do pendulum work. So I was looking for a, a tiger's, a tiger's pendulum. She desperately really, wanted a really tiger's wanted one Cause I had worked with one in the past. And so we were at a psychic fair and there were vendors, and I found this one. And she was bringing me with her to verify, yeah. like, is this real tiger's eye? Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so I found this one tiger's eye pendant, and it swang aggressively, and I got this, yes, take me kind of vibe. And Ode was also like, yeah, it, you know. It, it's good it's swing. Good swing. It's going to work with you, you know. It's genuine tiger's eye. So within, I think, a month. <laughs> yeah, you'd lost it three times. <laughs> and the chain snapped. Yeah. Cool. And it was lost, <laughs> but I found it the first time. And then another two months later, brand new chain. Also snapped. Stronger chain snapped. I was like, okay, that's goodbye. Goodbye. And it, it, and just it disappeared. To, yeah, it we just have wanted to again. escape, apparently, yeah. from whoever. Well, had, had to get out into the wild. <laughs> had to get out into the wild to, to whoever it was seeking. So, so yeah, they are people too. 
When you work with herbs, I'm curious, mm -hmm. how much do you rely on material that you've learned from books or whatever, and mm -hmm. how much do you rely on intuition? Like if I'm making a protective, <laughs> a lot of times I'll have to look at that person, I'll have my guides kind mm -hmm. of feel their energy, and I would walk around and I would just open up jars and smell them, and mm -hmm. I could tell from smell alone what someone needed for a protective. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what the correspondence is saying. Right. How do you work with herbs? Is it well, similar? Or? It, it depends. Sometimes okay. I go through, a lot of it is I've already figured out which herbs go with what I want and it's recorded okay. in my grimoire but sometimes I do still go and I go okay what you know if I want she'll uh, go to her garden yeah I'll go to my garden it's like okay who's gonna be good for protection sometimes I'll go to a list but generally I, I have an herb garden um, right well that makes it that so I, much better you know oh, yeah. and so I'll go to each herb I have a relationship that I've built right. with each herb and I'm like okay which one of you Rosemary is who would like to work so with me today to work with me today so herbs are people too they're sweet little plants spirits. are very that's people that's the thing this is the hilarious thing when I don't I even younger, work with plants and plants are very people yes when I was younger I, I did not have a green thumb I couldn't grow anything to save my life. Once I started in the in the craft, though, and I was and I had a, a mentor who was like, "No, plants are your allies. The right. nature is your ally. Learn the spirit of the plant and how to communicate and work with that spirit. You're going to see a change." And I did. And it's, so I once I recognized not just the you know that it's a plant and that it has properties that are listed and, on a book in a book and needs and needs i started actually interacting with that plant you know i talked to my plants right. and uh, i ask it permission you know may i work with you will you work with me on this and so yeah i do that and i do have a bunch of dried herbs in my and i'll just kind of go which we you <laughs> i really appreciate that because yeah. i I do, I understand that, uh, um, like, my favorite tree is black walnut. Mm. Oh, right? I and love I, I grew black up, walnut. I grew yeah. up in a house with, like, four of them in the front yeah, yard, so I've got a relationship That was what we had in front, of, in front of Granny's yeah, house, wasn't it? Had, the black yeah, walnut. I, I, yeah, I, can use, walnut. I can use black walnut bark tree. or the walnuts themselves or whatever, things that yeah. no correspondence book is ever right, going to exactly. give you because I've had a relationship with that exactly. plant, so I completely get where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, so I, I really encourage people, you know, yes, correspondences, books, they're great, but get to know what you're working with. And so. I think the the most important thing is to understand where that correspondence came from. Mm -hmm. yes. If it was something somebody just threw out there because they got it from another list, or if it was something that they discovered over time, either intuitively or by the property right. of the thing, or, you know, like there are ways to derive correspondences based on facts, and then there's just getting to know the thing. Exactly. And, yeah. I, and I think when you get to know the thing, that's going to vary from person to person, from relationship to relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I don't know about y'all, but I get this question sometimes where people say, okay, well, what's the healing room? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially any of them. It depends, I mean, you know, what relationship do you have the runes? Uh, what are we talking about medically or yeah. otherwise? You know, what kind of healing are you looking for? I mean, do I recommend Hagalas for everything? No. <laughs> but does does Hagalas have healing application? Yes. Depends on what kind of healing you need. I mm -hmm. mean, when, when people say, okay, well, what plant do I need for healing? That's... Too broad. Yeah. Too broad. Too broad. Yeah. 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 What kind of healing? Yeah. What kind yeah. of healing? Yeah. Mm -hmm, you know, exactly. I mean, it's it's even uh, it's like pigeonholing one of you folks with the Carol tradition. You know, well, what does a Carol person do? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got one. Uh, there's one ceremony called the despacho in the in the common parlance. Um, 
which is a, a certain kind of offering ceremony that we make, and what you put in it depends on what you're trying to do and mm -hmm. what spirit you're trying to appeal. Thousands of different types of despacho ceremony. It all depends on who's running and what the situation mm -hmm. is. And so it, it's like, it, yes, it's the catch-all. That's the ceremony we're going to go to the most often. But at the same point in time, each one's different. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about your, your relationship. There's uh, something that you brought up on, on podcasts and in workshops a lot is your specific kinds of relationship with mountain spirits. Right, right. We're not in Peru. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Exactly. So there was a little translation there. The paths I was I was taught in, it's all mountain-based, you know, they're in the high mountains of the Andes. And obviously we're lacking in mountains in Michigan, mm -hmm. at least in this area. But right. what I found is relationship-wise and energetically, our Great Lakes are mountains flipped upside down and filled with water. <laughs> oh, true. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they reflect the same kind of, they use the same kind of energies in a different way, and so it's building that relationship right. that I found really fascinating. Interesting, yeah. 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 That's I love really cool. the energy of the lakes. Oh, I know. Oh, too. my God. I love to go And we to now live Wynn 15 goes, minutes from it. Wynn goes to Lake Michigan and is like, I feel so accepted. I go to Lake Michigan, I feel like she doesn't have any interest in me at all. <laughs> <laughs> She's very big, I'm very small, she doesn't give a fuck. I love of course, it may be I'm a Pisces, <laughs> but yeah, I love to go and and just sit and experience the energy. We go, of we go to the beach, and I'm just is how I perceive is right, just just right. this this beautiful right. She she's, lake. she's like this this I feel this beautiful motherly welcoming energy. I'm just like I'm gonna fuck you. <laughs> she's she's zero percent fucks given about me. Even She'll accept oh, my yeah, interest yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. it. Even spirit, I mean, she's a fierce mama is how I feel. You know, because I've at some point in my mm -hmm. life I've been to all the lakes. Not as a pagan. I've only been to Lake Michigan as a pagan. But I can remember the experience at each lake that I've had and each one has a different feeling to it. Right. And Superior does. She's a fierce bitch. I mean you know you don't mess with Superior is your experience with that lake's energy is going to vary differently because the spirits of the lake itself mm -hmm. interact with the spirit of the place where you interact with the mm -hmm. lake. Oh, true. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, how you resonate with a certain peninsula might be fantastic on mm -hmm. Lake Michigan where you mm -hmm. might do yeah. different energy. Yeah. Or Sarinth might. But you move down a half mile mm -hmm. where it's an inlet where a, river, a little stream's coming mm -hmm. in. All of a sudden, this is my spot. Maybe yeah. you don't feel it anymore. Because oh no, that's interesting. That's a very yeah. interesting thought. Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. Because yeah. we've only really been to the one beach we, we on have. Lake Michigan. We should go. We should check out a couple more. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've been to two different parts of Lake Michigan, and having been on its easier to access coast, there's much more of an open. Oh, come on, mm -hmm. come, come play me. And then my family and I were going to actually do a pilgrimage to Lake Superior and stayed in the yurt for a week. And the energy of Lake Michigan, when we stopped off at this little culver where you could walk down to it and then come back up. Totally different energy, totally different experience, and woo, yeah, just right. this raw fierceness. Right. Whereas the public beach access is very, right. oh yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah, the Lake Michigan energy, on, like uh, Sleeping Bear Dunes versus Chicago versus my family has a cabin in the Upper Peninsula, mm -hmm. so we're on the northern side of Lake Michigan, mm -hmm. and those three energies are completely different, and, and it has a lot to do with where the land interacts mm -hmm. with the lake mm -hmm. spirit. Mm -hmm. hmm. That makes sense. Place. Yeah. I'm, I'm having to get used to going to the lake. I'm from the coast, oh, so I was, right. I was yeah, born on the east coast, he's, and he's I live on the ocean. west coast. He's from an ocean oh, place. Gotcha. So I'm from an ocean place, so I'm like, it's a big lake. Who the hell cares? You know? I love the, um, I much but, prefer the lakes to the oceans, I'll be and, right on. And 
I've mm-hmm. I've lived here what twelve years now, yeah. thirteen years, something like that God, in it's Michigan. Been so long, a long time. And this is the longest we've ever lived anywhere. Oh wow! In our entire life. When I was a kid, we moved all the time. It was very weird for me to set down roots. Yeah, the first time I went to Lake Michigan, it had probably been I'd probably lived here seven years yeah. or so, and I went with a friend who's a hip hop artist, and he was doing a show, and so we were hanging out, and we went out to Lake Michigan, and you could literally see a foot. Mm-hmm. of the lake before there was fog bank and i'm like <laughs> big deal you know and then probably three or four years later i'm out with another friend driving around and he's like we were in grand haven and i was like oh yeah i've never actually seen lake michigan he's like oh you know <laughs> you're going to now because you're in my car and you have no choice right and we got out there and you could see as far as you could see yeah and you couldn't see land on the, the other side i was like yeah. oh my oh, god this is really is, is different than what i expected oh yeah you know because i expected to like you know see drive Chicago? to the beach see, drive to the beach and go oh look there's Wisconsin over there you know you're dramatically overestimating the ability of your eyes I think like he's like your I see oh I'm loving the L O T R loving it yeah. <laughs> we are connected here brother we are connected oh my god well you know you look at the the map of Michigan oh, yeah. and the lakes do make it look like they're a lot closer to things than, than they are maps are inherently deceptive exactly yeah so. I mean one of the things that really kind of I brought it home when we were starting to, to plan this pilgrimage and do all this was you know looking at how scientists I forget the discipline but they basically considered the lakes like freshwater oceans mm-hmm. yeah. for yeah. purposes yeah. of right. how they operate yeah. I mean, you're talking about... They have the, tides and... Yeah. 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 And, and rhythms and movements and everything else. I mean, look at any really good shots of the tides rolling in from any of the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, I, there's I, power there. There's right. Especially that's winter power. winter waves, I oh think, are God. really cool oh, because God. you can right. see them freeze and, yes. you know, and it's... Oh. Spirit's like, I just kill you and I won't even care. Yeah. <laughs> she won't even notice. That's right. Yes. Gordon Lightfoot's song was was spot on. Right, it's a yeah. superior, you know, superior never gives up her dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she you you do not mess with this lake. Because I remember the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I was in third grade when it mm-hmm. happened, so it was a big deal. Right. And you just dated yourself. A lot of our listeners are going to go, who the fuck is Gordon Gordon Lightfoot? Lightfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, babies, I'm the mama for a reason. I'm 54. I don't give a fuck what my age is. You know, I'm a crone. But yeah, so I remember the record of Edmund Fitzgerald that happened on Lake Superior. And if you haven't heard Gordon Lightfoot's Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, listen to it because it tells the story mm-hmm. perfectly. It, it recounts. I have seen the museum story. exhibits about the Wreck of the Edmund yes. Fitzgerald. Yes. Oh, you up at the and, Museum? Mm-hmm. Oh, but it not only talks place, about man. the tragedy that happened, it talks about the power. Yeah of superior Mm -hmm. and it talks about the fact that if you do not respect that power you will pay the consequence i gotta tell you anytime i'm traveling within the state here or even around like down to chicago Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. that's where you make prayers to i make prayers Mm -hmm. to superior because superior oh is the boss i thought for a minute he was saying gordon lightfoot Anything else. <laughs> but, um, no, I make you make prayers to Lake Spirit because yeah. Lake Spirit is, is the boss, yep. yeah. and it will tell the other land spirits what's up. Yep. And I think you know people from other states don't realize that they're called the Great Lakes for a reason. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I consider each Great Lake their own goddess. Yes. Yeah, um, I do too. And one of the things that I was tasked with, and I'm putting this on the air so that I'm I can't escape it. All right, oh, I got it. Oh, 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 oh
appearance is uh, power, authority, accountability. At some point, I have to make pilgrimages to each lake. I've got two parts of the poem that I have to write in an edic fashion. Mm. So this is one of the things that the Great Lakes is asking me to do, and then I'm going to kick myself in the ass and eventually get it done. You're going to do it. Yeah. So you if you have it. a nice beach house, I want to and you would like to host Saren Thornton. There you go. Please email too. Gmail.com. But seriously, though, I, I think that Gordon Lightfoot's song "Recorded in Fitzgerald" is one of the songs that I sang in full to Superior when I met her, and it's it's pretty much a devotional song. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. It really is. Did you hear that, babies? I'm gonna say it again. Listen to "The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald" by Gordon Lightfoot, <laughs> <laughs> and then go learn about the lakes, the Great Lakes, mm-hmm. because they are, as you said, they they do have a, a goddess of for right. each lake. They are a power each onto their own, and I. I think if you go to your own area where you're living, you will find that there are powerful local gods gods Mm. in your land and in your seas that are around you, your lakes, your Your rivers, your your ponds. Yeah. Go get to know them. And, and it gives you a whole new perspective because well, Lagos, a lot of people, oh, it's it's the human <laughs> room. Oh, it's the gentle water room. Cool. Go up to Great Lake, intone Lagos, and then wait. Yeah, just wait. Have fun. Oh, I, I never <laughs> spot on to with the local spirits thing because like, when people come to me and say, how do I learn more about shamanism? The, the fir- no books, no anything else. The first two things I'm going to tell you. A, do you have an ancestor altar? B, someplace near where you live, you just always feel at peace and connected to Go make offerings and say, hey, tree, mm-hmm. rock, river, lake, will you protect me on this stuff when I'm about to embark mm-hmm. on? Start that relationship right there. Because yep. no matter where you live, there's things around you that are willing to work with you. You just mm-hmm. have to seek that relationship. That's right. Yeah. You can even start in your own backyard. Yeah. If you happen to live on property, better. we moved to a new place that, that has a, a yard mm-hmm. in September, October. And so when we got there, we when even when we were visiting the place, I felt very welcomed by the land spirits there, as well as the house. We made an offering to the land spirits while we were there, and they have they have accepted us. And I, I think once a year, once a more year, more offerings. That's yep. all they wanted. That's just yep. once a we year. We offered more. That yep. was what they wanted. You know, I think that's important to to mm. build that relationship with the land spirits where you live and where you're that are around you. And like you said, if if you want to get to know land spirits, go out right. into go the out land, out into the wild. Yeah. Go go into the wild and, and but there are there are suburban spirits too, and urban yes, spirits. Are. You know, exactly. Yeah. 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 Wherever you are, there are spirits. When we had our metaphysical shop, we were looking for a location. It was down downtown Jackson, right? And so the Grand River runs through Jackson, so I made prayers to the Grand River, but the other one, we have a really old theater called the Michigan Theater, and they call mm-hmm. it the Gal on Mechanics. Mm-hmm. So I went to the theater, and I'm like, you are the queen of this downtown. Help mm-hmm. us find a space, and I made offerings there, mm-hmm. and I think we found our space within a week after that. Oh, so, wow. Very you know, cool. you can do those urban spirits as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There. Just open yourself to the possibilities, yeah. I think, is a big thing. Yeah, I, I am not an urban dweller. I don't feel comfortable in cities. Mm-hmm. They feel very claustrophobic to me. <laughs> but I got lost one time in downtown Ann Arbor, and I'm like, I, I'm walking around for 20 minutes, half hour. I don't know where the fuck I am. <laughs> All right, fine. So what's the what's the closest thing? Oh, there's a there's a tree growing out of the ground that had those little grates around. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I make a little offering there. Okay, land spirits, which way should I be going? So I shut my eyes for a minute. Spirits go, okay, that way. Ten minutes, I find my damn car. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, see, I'm exactly the opposite. So I'm I'm an urban guy. I was yeah. Born and raised mm-hmm. in Washington D.C. I've lived in L.A., Atlanta, Miami, yeah. Nashville. Nashville. We've, broadly speaking, been large city people. Yeah. yeah. And so now to live in a town of like four thousand. <laughs> and, it's so small. And and just the property that we live on is yeah. you know maybe it's 200 families. Yeah. Uh, on the, in the property where we live, not even 200, 180 something. Feels very like weird to me. There's nothing. Like yeah. if you want to go to the grocery store, you have to go to the next town over because yeah. there's not a grocery store in town. Yeah. I grew up in a I'm, small I'm, town. Yeah. And this is even smaller. You grew up in a you grew up in a village. Yeah. Just, yeah. It was legally a village. That's and but for me like I'm used to being able to walk out of my apartment mm-hmm. or row house and across the street is a grocery store. Yeah. And so I would shop daily. Yeah. You know, I would you just go buy what I wanted to buy for that next for that night and bring it home, put it in the refrigerator and go out and do my stuff and then come home and cook. So it's it's an entirely different experience. <laughs> yeah. It's been very weird for me. It's, so I had some culture shock. Yeah. I've, I've considered myself an urban druid until now. Now, right, I, now you live in the middle of nowhere. Right. Now I can just drop the urban from it and just say druid <laughs> and not have to worry about it because I'm in the country basically. Yeah. Um, and we, my prop, some, our property backs up. Right behind huge, the yeah. We've told our listeners the 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 squirrel story. Uh, apparently, the a squirrel came up to Carr and dropped a nut at his feet, <laughs> and then ran away. And then ran away. Yeah, we have the black squirrels down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So we figured, well, okay, either it's a welcome. It was it was uh he had just started yeah. at, at the property right. and uh, winter was coming on. So in my opinion, that was the start saving your pennies, squirreling away your shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should I share one real quick. I, this is one of my favorite stories. It's not even about me. It's uh, another student of my, my teacher. And in our tradition, we, we have these stones called kuya, and we empower them and make sacred objects and do many things with them. And one of them, they there's a group of three that, when they're getting empowered, they get left outside overnight. So another student of Mateo's, she had bought this beautiful piece of quartz. <laughs> just spent decent amount of money. Just a gorgeous <laughs> piece of quartz. <laughs> left it out in the woods the next morning when she came back it was gone uh-huh. a raccoon had taken it and left her a bottle cap uh-huh. <laughs> in a fit of anger she threw the bottle cap off into no, the woods and we were like no. That was a mistake. No, that was like the most powerful yeah. bottle cap in yeah, the yeah. ever. And yeah. he just tucked oh it God. out into the woods. All the <laughs> fans were like, no, no, don't do it. That was your payment for your fancy quartz. Right. Right. Exactly. Great. I mean, that would have been great, though. You go, everybody, share everybody your magical bottle cap. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. That would have gone straight on the altar. Man. No doubt, right? Oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh, goodness. So what? tell me a little bit more about your path, because I don't know what your path is. Sure. So I am Carol, lineage, tradition, we call it a Paco as opposed to a shaman. Essentially, uh, the short version is that when the Inca Empire was invaded by the conquistadores, the priests went high up into the mountains to hide. And they're living at levels that are so high that humans, right on the edge of where humans need oxygen Mm -hmm. bottles. Mm -hmm. And obviously they knew they were there, but the conquistadores didn't. And they would come down and go back up and that sort of thing. And it wasn't until interest started in Machu Picchu and that sort of thing that they kind of were more known about and it would come down more frequently. And so these are the traditions that are left over from the priest class of of the Inca Empire. And where they're at now, like so many places in the world, you know, there's a lot of poverty. And so the young folk, when they were coming down to go to Cusco or Lima or something, they were getting much better jobs. 
they weren't interested in mm-hmm. staying up in the mountains and pursuing right. their traditions. Mm-hmm. And so the elders kind of started sharing it with outsiders a little bit. And through them, they, they taught my teacher, Mateo, and Mateo taught me, and now I have students of my own. So. Interesting. What drew you to that? I wish I could tell you. I really don't. I mean, because my, my background is, is Norse and, and uh, Slavic, and so obviously those incorporate into my practices as well. But this will date me a little bit. I think the uh, my first real forays into paganism were through AOL chat rooms. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. yeah. And I had this... I'm right there with you. I had this thing <laughs> named uh, uh, Two Snakes, which is still on some of my badges and that uh-huh. sort of thing when I go to pagan events. And there was another person in the room named, uh, the screen named Snake Will. And, wow, you live in Ann Arbor. Wow, you have been taught in all these various traditions, including these shamanic traditions. Okay, you're going to teach me. And at that point, to Mateo said, I am not taking on any students. So about a year and a half of badgering, I became her first student. <laughs> and, and yeah, that's where we ended that's up very now. Cool. Yeah, so, very cool. So now I'm at the point now where I'm integrating their traditions into the more local traditions. I'm having more contact with the Ojibwe elders. I'm, I'm learning how I incorporate all these different things together. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually a carrier of two medicine bundles. I have the one that I made myself, and there was one from an elder in Peru that, through happenstance, ended up in the United States. And I'm the carrier of that one as well until I can return it to Peru. So. Oh, very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. And how did you get into your path, Saren? Kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so originally, when I, I was a, a Catholic, until I was age 18, I uh, started investigating psychic abilities, phenomena, that kind of thing, around age 13, looking into ESP. So I was having experiences the Catholic Church had a really hard time explaining. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. I had a Wiccan classmate who talked with me on and off about, and I felt really uncomfortable with the, the pentacle at the time because, you know, all it's. That's no, the devil's <laughs> I, I credit Kat to this day of getting in my face and saying, You need to check your bias and you need to do your damn research. And I went, Oh, fucking K. <laughs> I went on what was the internet at the time and did a lot of research and did a lot of printing off of articles and did a lot of soul searching and found that I had a goddess who was calling to me and that goddess was Bridget at the time. Uh, around age 18, I had a sit down with Yahweh and said, okay, I think this is where we part ways. I had a very amicable separation despite being a confirmed Catholic and felt released from my oaths and went on my way. Sometime later, about a year or so after this, I ran into my first teachers. I became a priest of Anubis. I was a ceremony magician and I didn't want a damn thing to do with the Norse thank you very much. <laughs> I'd seen enough of the blood and iron crowd that mm-hmm. I didn't want to have any interactions because I've known enough racist jaggles who were wearing the symbols and spouting the blood and soil shit. I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> Odin grabbed me kicking and screaming after a really powerful meditation experience. I think I've talked about this on both our shows before, so go listen to the shows. <laughs> um, but long story short, after a really powerful God's guided meditation experience, I, I realized that I could ignore Odin anymore and then started following him about 11 years ago now and immediately got launched into doing priest work with him and doing shaman work with him. Now, I fought that label tooth and nail. And poor, poor Jim, we had, we had only recently met when, right. when he had landed the song. And I'm like, what do I do? This isn't my word. <laughs> That's nice. So the word I'm more comfortable with is uh, Vetar Worker or Spirit Worker. And so Odin's been just kicking me in the ass <laughs> About the time where he dragged me out of the path is where I met my elder and she got my head straight and got me to where I am now. That's awesome. That's amazing. Okay, earlier when we were talking, you guys said that the word shaman or shamanic has been kind of co-opted and yeah. is being used like 
vicariously. Mm-hmm. What is what do you mean by that? Is it is it like just in the words of Raven Caldera? It's a public horse. You know, yeah. is is somebody mm-hmm. you know is somebody are are people using it inappropriately? Are they just saying it yeah. sounds cool? So some this people is it? are. Because it's become a really great marketing word. Right? Yeah. Okay. Someone can go, someone can be a Reiki and they're only getting a certain amount of clients, but all of a sudden they're a shamanic Reiki practitioner uh, and they see a lot more clients. Yep. And, and you can sell shamanic doodads that you couldn't sell otherwise mm-hmm. and this and that and the other thing. And so it is a really charged word. And, and Sarah and I, one of our, one of our first episodes, we, we really sat down and unpacked it. We are very conscious of the fact that we use this word because that's the word that people are going to know. It's the word right. people recognize. Find us, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we're very conscious. I will allow the, the term shaman gym to be used because other people call me that. That's not my choice. Right. But I usually refer to myself as a shamanic practitioner. Yep. Mm-hmm. It means I have some of the skill set, but I don't belong to a culture where shamanism is part of the overall right. And say again what the term for what you do is? Uh, Paco. Paco. Okay. Yeah, I we considering that it took me about six months to accept when Odin first grabbed a hold of me and said, you're going to use this damn word, how much fighting it took. <laughs> and I'm still not comfortable with the term. Mm-hmm. And Spirit Worker gets the idea across well. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have to explain what the hell Vekevurker is, which mm-hmm. explaining the Norse and the German. Right. Or just the Norse anyway. And so it, it's taken some time for me to really kind of chew down and, and digest that. But the question at the end of the day, and one that Odin kept raising is, is anybody going to know what the hell you're talking about? Right. Um, How are the people who need you going right. to find you? Yeah. Right. That was his consistent point. That was actually yeah. a point that Jim kept raising. Yeah. Right. Was, okay, that's great that you're having this conflict and all, but is anybody going to know what the hell you're doing? Right. And once once they know you, then you can unpack the term a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if, if that's how they're going to find you... It's interesting because we're meeting with Ken Day oh, right, yeah. right. At, at 7 tonight, so oh, okay. talking about shamanism. Yeah. So. yeah. We'll yeah. probably so continue to have this conversation. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess that would be my my next question is, okay, so I didn't realize that the term is being co-opted to just be a marketing tool. Absolutely. And so how does somebody who is honestly interested or seeking a, a shamanic practice or someone to help them through their seeking a shaman, how do they tell the fakes from the, the real thing? This is fraught. Right. I I would say there's a couple things that you're going to look for. You're going to look for the people that use the term themselves, that call themselves a shaman, seem to have some sort of joy or revelry or use it in a boastful way, right? If you unpack the term, really, it's it's about a spirit worker that serves a community by interacting with the spirits. And the community I serve might be the pagan community, might be humans, it might be the rock people. It all depends. But if they're not, you can also know them by their actions. If they're not in service to a community, putting that community's needs before their own, kind of got to question what they're doing. Yeah, it's not necessarily like a taboo thing for them to make money off mm-hmm. of doing service. Mm-hmm. Now, that depends on communities. So it's it's also you got to really question which community they're part of, because. Korean shamans are going to have their own thing. They're going to be called their own thing. Mudang is one of the ones that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. The event are going to have their own, like, here's the qualifications. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the Northern tradition lineage that I'm part of has its own qualifications. And if I can't vouch for you, I'm sorry, you're just not one. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where boundaries and communication really come into play. It's where podcasts come into play. It's where these resources really play an important part because separating the ice cream from the bullshit is really hard. <laughs> everybody's insisting the bullshit's ice cream. Right, right. right. And, so, and you can always ask around. Right. You're going to know people. Right. There should be, your shaman should have references. Right. right. Exactly. Right. I'm going to be able to give you references that people that have come to my ceremonies. I'm going to be able to give you references to people that I've done like a cleansing for or something. Not following my tradition. Heck, someone Mark Pagan or anything, but they'll still be able to give me a, a good reference. I think that is the kind of thing that you've got to look for. Okay. How are you doing your fire ceremony here? <laughs> That's a secret. This won't be heard until afterwards. That's true. So, but now I'll know. <laughs> um, the last one that I did at Pagan Fest is being a template for it. Okay. So, at Pagan Fest, we, we were having a lot of rain. Yes. Right? Yeah, I remember. And so the they asked me, "Do you want to still do the fire ceremony?" Well, my my students and I, it doesn't matter. If it's a blizzard, I'll be outside doing it. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. But I know a lot of people that come to Pagan Fest enjoy the fire ceremony, and some of them have mobility limitations, mm -hmm. right? So I'm like, I don't want to deny them the ceremony, yet at the same point in time, I, I want to have them be able to access it, that sort of thing. So what we're working with is a little bit of chaos magic influence. Thanks, Andrea. We are using a certain charged crystal. We're going to be visualizing the entire ceremony and get people into a very deep altered state. And that crystal is going to capture that moment of transformation. Then when everybody's done, we'll go outside and actually have a really quick five minute fire. Gotcha. Release. Gotcha. Okay, so thank you guys so thank much you, for, for spending time with us, and this has been fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this has been a fun. So conversation. if people want to this. find around Grandfather Fire, they can go to just, you can go to Anchor.fm or go to your favorite podcast app and just type mm -hmm. it in. It should show right up. Okay, and we'll link this uh, in the links under our, our episode too mm -hmm. uh, yep. on the website. If you get our episodes through the website, although I don't think most people do. Like and then you can find us at threepagansandacat.com. Yep. Yeah, three the number. Three pagansandacat.com yep. is the website. And your website. Otherwise, y'all know where to get it. <laughs> so we are uh, around the grandfather fire.fm or anchor.fm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then for your email contact, uh, you can find me at jim at thewanderingowl.com. You can find me on Instagram as wandering white hat, or you can find me as james at the owl on Twitter. So mine is, uh, my website is sarenth.wordpress.com. You can get a hold of me at sarenth at gmail.com, S-A-R-E-N-T-H. And I, on Twitter, at sarenth. Nice. His, his blog is also good, by the way. I, mm. I do read that. So. <laughs> Surprise. Thank you. <laughs> that's a shocker. Uh -huh. yep. All right, so that's it. All yep. right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank this you. This has been Three Pagans and a Cat and Around Grandfather Fire, Fire. Fire. together. Yeah. Around a brown table in a hotel room, but it's close <laughs> enough. We're doing our best. Yep. It's a metaphorical fire. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>